Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller, the host of this program. I'm a family lawyer and the founder of the Miller Law Group with offices in Manhattan and in Westchester. And I'm on a mission to change how people divorce. Today, my guest is Mindy Ute. Mindy is a psychotherapist in Manhattan's Upper East Side, where she treats individuals and couples with a wide range of issues and concerns. Mindy is trained in social work and psychoanalysis and had advanced training as a couples and families therapist. Mindy actually began her career as a lawyer and specializes in helping couples navigate conflicts at any stage of their relationship. Mindy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. Nice to be with you. And today we're going to talk about prenuptial agreements. And I think you are uniquely situated to be able to talk about, you know, both the emotional and legal aspects of the idea of a prenuptial agreement. And I'm wondering if you have any sort of preliminary thoughts about them. You know, they're an interesting contradiction because people think about prenups at a time in their lives when they are you know, thinking about a happy future together and getting married and living happily ever after. And it's a very happy time in people's lives. And it's all promising and hopeful and happy. And then to introduce something like a prenup at that time is sort of a total shift in perspective. You know, it's something that has to do with with lawyers, with finances, with the possibility of a divorce or a death. I mean, you know, it's like a cold shower. So it sort of focuses people in two different directions. I'm going left here, getting married, thinking about happily ever after, hoping, you know, that it's all going to be wonderful. And then I have to go in the other direction and think about planning for, you know, a situation that I don't really want to think about at this time. It's really very counterintuitive is what you're saying. You know, at the one hand, marriage is all about beginnings and introducing the idea of endings into the beginnings is, yeah, it's it's a downer. That's right. To think exactly, to think about the end at the very beginning is something we don't want to do. I mean, we all avoid that. We never want to think about endings. It's a, it's a difficult thing to think about, especially at that time when it's all about happiness. And yet there are some really good reasons to consider them. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many, but both because, as you know, in the case particularly of a divorce, there can be protracted and very difficult, expensive and, you know, conflicts around property and other issues that divorcing couples have to handle. And it certainly prepares for that eventuality in a in an environment when people are happy and connected and, you know, feeling good about each other. And by the same token, what I have found with couples that come to see me, it opens up for them the opportunity to talk about things that they normally wouldn't talk about at that stage of their relationship. You know, money and the way they'll think about money, the way they'll think about their assets, how they talk about these topics. And for many couples in marital life, money is a big problem that causes a lot of marital 
discord. So to get a sense before you get married of how you can communicate about these things can actually be quite stabilizing to a relationship. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. Because at the one hand, you're at the beginning and you're thinking about the end. And frankly, all marriages end one way or the other, either by death or divorce, even the happiest marriages end in when one spouse dies. And that will leave the other spouse to deal with some of the end of marriage ideas and, and concepts and tasks and, and chores and emotions. And to think through the kind of arc from now till then gives you an opportunity to think about, well, what about the in-between time, right? And, and I think that's what you're talking about. If we're, if we're here at the beginning and we're thinking about the end in these ways, then how are we going to manage our money? How are we going to manage expectation of parenting if we're planning to have children? How are we going to manage credit? How are we going to manage debt that we came into the marriage with? What about all of these things? And honestly, everyone has a prenup. You know, it's it's New York State law, right? And they just don't know what it says. And to get some sort of sense of that at the beginning, to me, you know, as a lawyer, makes a lot of sense. I agree. I agree. As a lawyer, it makes sense. And as a therapist, it makes sense, too, because you're right. You think about the beginning and maybe, you know, the end because, you know, the idea of, you know, people who get divorced. But really, marriage is about what happens in between. And there's a lot that happens in in a marriage, it's, you know, where there are circumstances that require couples to face difficult topics. And very often, the problems couples get into is because they don't have the history of facing those issues together. And so when they're faced with them, you know, out of the blue, they're unprepared. I think that's really right. You know, what's really very interesting anecdotal statistic that I've noticed in my practice, one question that I often ask clients when they first come in, whether or not it's for a mediation or for a collaborative matter or some other kind of work where I'm working with a client, I'll ask, when you were married and you were working and it was working well, how did you resolve conflict? And the, the really interesting thing, Mindy, is that the overwhelming majority of people say we did not have it. Now, these are people getting divorced. You know, you would think that they would be aware of having conflict. Didn't have it. They didn't have it, which means they didn't actually resolve conflict, right? They sort of either they avoided it or one person just gave in to the other person or they compromised, you know, and sometimes people think, well, that's the best result. But, you know, not really, because then both people feel like they didn't, you know, get what they fully wanted. And so really... You know, they were unable. I think to me, what that says is they were unable to find a method, a, a way to actually talk about stuff in a full way where they feel like they were able to resolve it. Absolutely. And it's, I agree with you 100%. In my practice, even, you know, not around prenups, but generally in my couples practice, very often couples come in and they'll say, but we never fight as if that's a badge of honor. And what you find out is that they have avoided fights. They've avoided confronting issues because they're uncomfortable or they're afraid or in their families of origin, they didn't really learn how to deal with conflict. So they avoid it. And then they're unprepared really to, to face it um, in a healthy way, in a productive way. And, you know, we are emotionally wired to avoid conflict. People sometimes have to be forced to or have to be encouraged or coached to. And the prenup provides that opportunity because you really do have to sit down, roll up your sleeves and start talking about what's important to you. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm speaking today with Mindy Ute, and we're speaking about prenuptial agreements, why you might want to consider one 
and what they can do or not do for you. And Mindy, I really think that this idea of starting out with a way, a facilitated way to talk about some of these difficult issues is a real opportunity. And at the same time, the usual prenup negotiation process does not do that. It's not healthy and it doesn't really work. The way that it usually works is that one person usually, and I'm putting air quotes around this, the moneyed spouse or the moneyed you know, intended spouse will go to a lawyer, either because they have family pressure from their family of origin to protect family money, or they've had a prior relationship or prior marriage, they have children from an early relationship, or they have assets that they've, they're getting married a little bit later in life, and they've developed a business or some other uh, way in order to accumulate assets. And they And they've heard that they should have a prenup because of that situation. And so they'll go uncomfortably often to a lawyer to talk about the idea of a prenup. They may or may not have spoken to their intended, their fiance about this idea. And the lawyer will have a conversation with the client about what should go into the prenup and do an actual draft and then email it either to his or her client you know, or to a lawyer that has somehow come into the process and to the picture for the fiance. And that is usually a really difficult moment in my experience because it's very, it's hurtful. The people haven't had an opportunity, the couple hasn't had an opportunity to really talk in advance of being faced with this draft. And I'm wondering, you know, my experience is that really having a conversation first about what people are trying to do and why and really enhance the understanding of the situation and the motivation really gives people an opportunity to start to have those meaningful conversations that you're talking about. Right. Absolutely. And I'll give you two examples of couples that I have worked with recently. One had a situation that you just described, lawyer versus lawyer, no sort of context for it. This is my, you know, this is my proposal, counter-proposal. That's how it was. Very sort of hard-nosed and difficult. And there's no doubt that it has taken a toll on that relationship in very, you know, very serious ways because what they were trying to do did not provide an emotional context for this, in, in this case, particularly the woman, like you say, who was not the moneyed person. She felt overwhelmed. She felt uh, minimized. And, you know, she felt strong-armed. And there had been a lot of work that uh, had to happen to reestablish the connection and the, the hopefulness about this marriage. On the other hand, I have worked with couples that as soon as the idea of a prenup is mentioned and the emotions start to you know, uh, come up, they come in for therapy and they say, let's talk about this process. Why? How come? What does it have to do with love? What does it have to do with trust? What does it have to do with intimacy? You know, are you still confident in the marriage? They can put it in a context within the relationship and it's put, it starts them off on a much more secure footing. I think that that is really, really interesting that the the idea of, I mean, just the idea of introducing a prenup feels like a lack of trust, right? Yes. I would never do that. How could you think I would do do that, that, right? Mm -hmm. And that it really, you know, from the point of view of the person who's introducing the idea, it's not about trust. You know, I mean, years ago, I wish I had clipped this out. I saw a cartoon in the New Yorker and it's two women talking to each other and one says to the other, you never really know a man until you divorce him. (laughs) 
and and you know, I think you know that's obviously it's not it's gender it's a gender neutral con you know yeah, concept, exactly. right? Right, right. Uh, but that people, because of the hurt and the betrayal and the anger, whatever you know, the the facts that we are you know unknown at the beginning as to what might happen. Yeah. You know, there's a certain resentments build up over time, and the way you feel at the beginning is never how you feel in the middle or at the end under the best of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But the idea of trying to honor the loving, supportive partnership that you are putting together, people are putting together, is I think what you're really talking about. Exactly. Exactly. It's creating the context that gives voice and respect to the marriage, which is two people who love each other, two people who share, you know, a, a want to share a future together, who value each other, who are committed to each other, who want intimacy, all of that is the foundation upon which these discussions, you know, proceed forward. It's not about the money and the property and the assets top down. It's really from the relationship up. And it makes a huge, huge difference. If for no other reason, then people feel safe to talk to each other. So they can say, you know, you, I get worried when you say, or, or I need to know something because to open up vulnerable parts of ourselves, we have to feel safe. If you've got lawyers, like you say, emailing back and forth, where's the safety? Where is that feeling that I'm in an environment where I want to be understood? And that carries forward. Mindy Ute is a psychotherapist working in Manhattan, specializing on working with couples in all areas and all aspects and all stages of their relationship. And Mindy, I'm wondering, how would you go about beginning a conversation with a couple who is considering a prenuptial agreement? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I always do, Catherine? I, I don't start with the prenup. <laughs> <laughs> I start with the relationship. It's with every couple because couples always come to a therapist when they have a problem, right? And I never start with the quote-unquote problem. And what I do for a few sessions is to understand the people, the relationship why they chose each other, what they mean to each other. I get a sense of how they talk to each other, the dynamic between the couple, and then very, very subtly bring in, and so now we're here to discuss the idea of a prenup. Let's talk about what it means to you. Let's put aside the, you know, what's being negotiated or the idea of money or the idea of property or the idea of stock. What does it mean to you? to be here now and to talk about it. And then you start to hear what's at stake. You know, what really has to be acknowledged on an emotional level for the couple. And it just creates safety for them with me. And then they can use that when they have to talk to each other. Remember when I said how anxious I was because, say, you know, in my family, money was such a hot-button topic. When we talk about this, I get anxious. And then that's intimacy. Even though you're talking about a prenup, even though you're talking about division of assets, there's an acknowledgement that this is, you know, anxiety provoking for each other. And so the tone of the conversation changes. So, you know, people can be coached to understand that they can get where they want to go. They can get there through force or they can get there through love and understanding. I think that's really a wonderful approach, Mindy, because when people come in to get divorced and we're talking about a relationship that's ending in the way they have known it, 
but they have a history. You know, they have, you know, built a partnership. Maybe they have children. They have a shared family in any extent and, you know, living space and, and experience. And they can connect with the positive pieces of that experience in a way to honor the relationship and honor themselves as they work through the difficult issues of divorce. When we're talking about a prenup, that's not really there yet. What they're talking about is putting together the hope of that. And I think that this, that what you've just talked about in terms of a process is to helping them identify in ways that they haven't yet necessarily articulated, you know, what their wishes, hopes, and dreams are for the relationship and how they see it playing out. Whether or not people are going to negotiate a prenuptial agreement or not, that is a very worthwhile conversation having to see where it, you know, where it overlaps and where perhaps it diverges. Right, exactly. Because, you know, it sets the stage too, like you say, for, for the acknowledgement in a relationship, whether it's at the beginning of a relationship, in the middle of one, or when it's ending, that these are two people that have come together, right? There's an us, but there's also a, a me independent of you. And what that allows couples to do is own their own need to fully express their needs to each other. And it carries forward into the marriage, too, because, as you say, sometimes people in a prenup, too, I don't want to talk about it. I'll just sign it. Right, whatever, fine. Whatever, right, is that it's okay to feel it. It's okay to think about it. It's okay to wonder now and always because that's, that's really the basis of intimacy. And I'm sure you find too, Catherine, in many of the divorces, like you say, it's the people that never fought. It's the people that never knew how to resolve the conflict because they couldn't really separate themselves out of the idea of the marriage to say, wait a minute, I'm unhappy. I need something. I'm feeling something. It's not that I'm blaming you for it. It's my experience. And that creates the bond between people. Yeah. And I also think that the idea of this kind of pre-marriage conversation of that of about an important substantive issue that will impact them potentially for the rest of their lives, that they did this negotiation, right? It will certainly impact the relationship one way or the other. It's not just something that we can just forget about unless they do just kind of, okay, fine it, in which case they're likely to regret not engaging in it. But it gives them a, a, a sort of, you know, a place to go, a, a way to have that conversation that really might, I think, serve as future issues, uh, substantive issues come up in the marriage to talk about the way you're talking about it. it. That's true. And even in this couple that it didn't go well, I've continued to work with them and we can use that. Remember what didn't go well? Remember, because even situations that don't go perfectly, we learn from them. So, okay, it's a young couple and they, you know, floundered around and they they weren't guided well and it didn't go as well as it could have. But that's still a sort of a benchmark. Now, when, when they talk about money, which, of course, they continue to do because, you know, they're planning a wedding, <laughs> right. it has a whole different tone. They've learned something about themselves and each other, even in a process that was, was not ideal. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm speaking today with Mindy Ute about prenuptial agreements on WVOX 1460 AM. We're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 and also available as a podcast on iTunes and on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com. 
Mindy, would you be able to give our listeners your contact information in case they have any questions about working to talk about a prenup or any other couples-related questions? Sure. I have a private practice on the Upper East Side. I can be reached via email at mindyute at gmail.com or phone is 212-744-6057. And my website is www.mindyute.com. And Ute is spelled U-T-A-Y. Right, U-T-A-Y. Do you think, you know, really, when people come in to talk to me about a prenuptial agreement, I really, I kind of go through a prenup 101. And really, I talk about the difference between what happens when a marriage ends by divorce and what happens when a marriage ends by death. And I'm wondering from an an emotional perspective, if you find that people approach those topics differently. Hmm. I think yes, (laughs) for sure, (laughs) for sure. You know, my, I think we are very used to divorce, even though most people go into a marriage. I mean, certainly a first marriage, maybe a second marriage is different, but a first marriage, hoping that the marriage lasts, but certainly parents have been divorced, siblings have been divorced, neighbors have been divorced. It's something that we talk about in the culture. We, you know, it's destigmatized, demystified. It's not as fraught. I think it's always hard to talk about death. I think, you know, death is the great unknown. Death is, they talk about the denial of death. I think there is more denial of death from a psychological perspective than almost anything. In some ways, it keeps us surviving and living day to day, not thinking about that we're all going to die. But by the same token, it sometimes leads us to avoid difficult topics, whether it's, like you say, planning in a prenup or in other ways that we don't really face that issue. So I think that's a tough one. Yeah, I think it is too. And I think it's actually very surprising for people when they come in to talk about a prenup. Often when I say that, they're like, they hadn't even thought about death, Mm -hmm. right? They hadn't even thought about what happens under those circumstances. And interestingly, prenuptial agreements are primarily drafted by lawyers who specialize in matrimonial law or lawyers who specialize in estate law. And the areas are very closely related, but there's also areas in which the two specialties, we're not really supposed to say that in New York, but the two practice areas really are quite divergent. And it's quite confusing and to be clear about it. And I think that people often sort of conflate, I mean, people who are intending to marry conflate the two ideas. And I have to always remind them, all right, remember, you've had a long and happy marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And we're thinking about this. So you're not, you know, you're not going to be, and you're going to be dead. And you're, and you're going to be dead, right? <laughs> right? And as far as we know, you probably won't know what's happening with your money. So, you know, let's think about that in a really different way and, and try to make it a little bit lighter because it is, as you say, a very overwhelming topic. And some people just can't really think about it. They can't go there. Yeah. You know, so many decisions that are have been avoided, I think, that cost people but money, aggravation, a lot of pain because they really can't face that. That seems to be sort of the, the great unknown, that place that most people don't want to think about. And maybe even more at the beginning of a marriage to think about a spouse dying is maybe, you know, just something very hard to to really consider. Yeah. In the few minutes we have left, Mindy, do you want to give a little plug for the uh, program we're doing in a couple of weeks at the 92nd Street Y? Yes. Uh, Catherine and I are going to be speaking on this topic of doing a prenup and making it productive and healthy and a learning experience and keeping the romance of a wedding time alive by Catherine Wolf contribute her legal advice and her perspective doing so many after so many years and mine from a couple's therapist vantage point. 
It'll be at the 92nd Street Y on June 30th. It's a Thursday evening. It begins at 7 o'clock. And you can find ticket information at the 92y.org website. Thank you for that. In that talk, we'll also talk a, a little bit about sort of the substantive areas of what a prenup can do for you, why you might want to consider it you know, from a practical perspective, not just from an emotional perspective, but definitely not leaving out how to talk about it, why to talk about it, and how it might really improve your ongoing relationship. So, Mindy, one more time, if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners your contact information. It's My website is www.mindyutay.com, and Utay is spelled U-T-A-Y. My phone number is 212-744-6057. I can also be reached via email at mindyutay at gmail.com. And my practice is on Manhattan's Upper East Side. And Mindy, again, in the last few seconds that we have, do you have any just final thoughts at the conclusion of this conversation about what somebody might be thinking about, wondering about, and contemplating a prenuptial agreement? Well, I think that the tone of the pre, the tone is the most important thing. I say the timing and the tone. I've had some couples wait too long, and it's right before the wedding. That's not a good idea. To make it just like any conversation, you want to set the stage for it. So to think about the context as much as the substance, and then you'll have a much better experience. Thank you so much for your time and for being our guest today. Thanks for having me, Catherine.